And the reality is, and I found this many times in my own life, you are terrible at solving that problem initially, right? That's just normal. That's all us humans. I was terrible. I failed at construction many times over before we started having success. Like know that failure is part of that process. Be willing to fail and learn and grow and get feedback. Fail, fail, fail until you can eventually succeed. Welcome to You Are Buzzworthy. thinking a lot lately about the impact I have on the world. I'm constantly wondering if I'm missing opportunities to do more to change the bad things that are happening around me. At the same time, I understand that it can only do so much and that I am but a speck on a speck in the cosmos. Yes, I went there. I understand that I'm insignificant, but only to the universe. And there's nothing I can do to change that. What I can change is the world immediately around me. The biggest changes I can impose are those from my strengths in business and marketing. That's the biggest reason I started this show. This is part of my impact. And so today, I want to celebrate another human making change in their industry by the name of Mike Kading, the CEO of Norhart which designs, builds, and rents apartments in the U.S., but they are doing it in a way that is creating an impact in a very traditional industry. I thought it would be interesting to discuss how he and his family business are approaching the impact they are making. So let's join the conversation. Mike, welcome to You Are Buzzworthy Podcast. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me today. I appreciate you taking some time. You're a busy person, man. Like, <laughs> very geez, much, yeah. But I am definitely, you know, backstage, we were talking about your studio. <laughs> yeah, a room with a nice wall. <laughs> and not many, not many people that I have met that have construction companies have a nice microphone. You have the same microphone I use in my studios. And uh, I don't, it, so to even see the backdrop and everything like that, I'm like, all right, I'm impressed. But today we're talking about impact. And I want to start the conversation off with, you know, what your business is, because you have a family business, right? Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the history, you and your business and your family. Yeah. So at a high level, we design, build, and rent apartments. And we're really about driving down the cost of construction. But my parents started the business uh, about 30 years ago or so, and I grew up with it. I can remember driving to the local hardware store with my parents on a family outing as we fill up carts full of supplies and my dad's trailer just packed full drove down the highway. I think it was probably illegal, but we had stuff everywhere, right? And we'd be building these really small buildings at the time. So I grew up with that throughout my whole life. And then uh, I went off to college and I wanted nothing to do with the family business, right? I didn't want people to think that it was given to me. So I really wrestled with my own ego on that. And eventually came to the conclusion, like deep down, what do I really want to do in this world? And for me, I want to make some kind of meaningful positive impact in my life and in the world around me. And so what I realized is I could take this small business and grow it into something much larger and have that kind of impact by solving housing. So what part of your ego was resisting the business? I mean, we, we, we understand like small business can get really big, mm -hmm. but what was driving you away from the, what part of your ego was driving you away from that family business? 
I had this narrative going on in my mind that people would just look at me and say, you know, he got where he was because his parents gave him what he has, right? Mm. And I just didn't want that stigma. It's like life is short. I want to, I want to do something meaningful with this life. I don't want people to look down on me in that way. Later in life, you'll realize that you don't care what anybody else thinks about exactly. you. <laughs> you figured it out. The secret to happiness. Right, right? So what was it that got you re-engaged with that? with your family business? Yeah, I think I started realizing how big of an impact I could have with that. And also, you know, early on, I would look at apartments and be like, well, that's a solved problem. Like, I want to work on world hunger or something, like some crazy cool new tech. The reality is, it's a major significant problem in the world because the cost of housing is rising faster than incomes. And all the right. best and most brilliant people are not going into this industry. And so it, I started realizing that this is a real impact that we can have in the world by solving this issue. So what did you go to college for? Computer science, mathematics, and management. Mm, yes. Screaming construction industry. I, I, I can know. see how you just got sucked <laughs> right back in. <laughs> but I mean, with the math and probably some physics probably in there somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so I could see that where you're, I mean, it's, and, and, and that drive to, to have that world impact. I, I am, it's funny because I don't know. It's weird. I, when I was younger, I was always enamored with fame. Mm. And I, I sometimes wonder if that's because when I was growing up, I'm a Gen Xer. So when I was growing up, children were better seen than heard. Oh, <laughs> So having your voice was a big deal. So when I came on into my own, having that, and then I was also an early performer. I, I was a professional jazz trombone at the age of wow. 13. My, my, and it's the weirdest thing. It wasn't some like, like, I went to some special school. It was just a middle school in Northern California, East Bay, San Francisco. And uh, the jazz ensemble I was in in my middle school was just a great group of uh, young musicians. And we went on tour and made an album. And I mean, it was all these things. It, it happened for a couple of years. So I had that taste, right? Yeah. But it, it wasn't until after I had been in the Air Force for 10 years and got out that I was like, the need to create impact was the fact that, well, I'm not going to be a rock star. It just yeah. wasn't going to happen for me. At the age of 28, I wasn't even close. and uh, But I could help other people avoid a lot of the issues I had as a, a working musician because I had had bands after that that I had started and run for 15 years. I say all of this to say that everybody comes from their own story yeah. and the drive to impact is different. But with you, you're saying that you just kept looking at what you knew from your childhood and then taking what you have learned from college and you're marrying these two things together. Yeah, exactly. And how did your parents take that? That's the next question. I have. <laughs> well, initially, you know, my dad really wanted me to join the business. And that first year or so out of college, I wasn't really in it. My heart wasn't really there. And so I was involved and I wasn't involved. And honestly, I think I was a terrible employee, frankly. Uh, I think my dad would have fired me if I hadn't changed. <laughs> but the reason was I wasn't, it wasn't really my passion. It wasn't really what I wanted to focus on. And so well, what did he have you doing in the business though? Uh, you know, we were at that point trying to get projects approved. Uh, we were building a new 120-unit apartment building at that time. So getting that mm -hmm. through city council, that was kind of interesting. But again, I kept thinking there was there was something more, something different that I wanted to be doing. And so I was involved in other businesses at the time. Um, but eventually something clicked in my mind. I said, no, this is what I'm going to do. And then 
that once that moment hit, then everything changed. Then I became the kind of employee that my parents wanted. And I think that was a, a, a relief to them in some ways. Because you were starting to work with your strengths. Yeah. Yeah. With my right? strengths and be willing to support what they And your doing. passion. Yeah. And I think that's important for people to understand. It's like, you never know. I mean, I didn't know that, you know, I have a podcast. I've never in a, like in a million years, uh, the history of podcasting uh, thought that I'd have my own podcast. It was yeah. just never a thing I thought about. Um, but that's, this is one of the ways that I have impact. And I think that it's important for people to understand that like the impact that you drive from your business is natural. It's not something you manufacture. You know, it's not like you said, I'm going to go get a computer science degree and change the way that people build apartment buildings. I mean, that's just not how you were probably talking to your college uh, counselor when you're picking out your classes. <laughs> right. So when you decided to do this, like take on this challenge, right, of impact. How big of an impact did you initially trying to tackle? Was it a local issue that you were trying to tackle? Was it a statewide issue, a national issue? Yeah, so that's an interesting question because you're right in that the impact you realize you can make in life changes over time. And frankly, my dream at that time was much smaller than it is today because I've dared to dream bigger. So back then... It was sort of just a certain number of units we were trying to hit. I think over the course of, this might still sound big, but over the course of 30 or 40 years, we're hoping to reach 192,000 units. But nice. what's interesting, over time, we learned some really important lessons like hiring the very best people. And those mm -hmm. people started unlocking doors and making things possible that I didn't realize were possible. And mm -hmm. together, we started to realize that we could have a much deeper and bigger impact, both on the number of units, but... The deeper impact is in solving the housing affordability crisis by driving down the cost of construction. So am I hearing you correctly that really the impact initially was profitability and then there was a social impact or do, am I missing something there? You know, I've never really been driven by money or profitability. So that was never really a key element. It was more, I guess, scale was maybe more exciting or the number of units was more exciting. Um, I'm I'm hearing that somebody was geeking out on the numbers. Yeah, and, that's true. And the challenge of the numbers was yeah. the first thing. And then you saw the social impact upon that. And then that's what opened the door, the Pandora's box, if you will, to the larger picture that you, exactly. you immediately saw after that. And so what did, how did that make you feel when you decided, when you realized how much or how many people you would be able to impact with some of the new methodologies that you've you discovered through math? It's, I mean, it's huge. I mean, my dad died at a relatively young age. Oh, that's too bad. And uh, it really reminds me how short life really is. Mm. We only live about 5,000 weeks here on earth. And every morning I wake up and I ask, how do I want to spend those minutes I have here on earth? And for me, a huge part of that has always been, how can I make some kind of meaningful impact in the world? And so once I started realizing that that impact could be as big as solving housing affordability and... Frankly, for most of us Americans, housing is a huge part of our expense. Mm. And so being able to take, yeah, to take that from 30% down to 15% can have a meaningful impact on a lot of people's lives. Imagine if your income tomorrow increased by 10 or 20%. How positive of an impact that could have in your life. That's, That's the kind of lasting change that we could have nationwide. And I don't know, to me, that, that gets me excited to think that we can have that kind of an impact on the short life that we have here on Earth. 
So how are you parlaying what you've done with the business, the family business, and getting it uh, permeated throughout the industry? Mm. I boy, this is this is the challenge of scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for us, my parents originally found ways to cut costs on being scrappy, right? Just mm-hmm. all of us kids going out to Menards, buying stuff on our own, and a bunch of college kids working on a building. That works at small scale. It does not work at large scale. Mm-hmm. The key thing that we recognized is at large scale, you can be very effective if you have amazing people. And so mm-hmm. the key thing we do is we're, I mean, we have about 5 to 10% of our staff are recruiters, which is mm-hmm. a little crazy. We have mm-hmm. employees all across the world and mm-hmm. employees here in the, in the United States will actually fly into work every single week because they're the best in the world at their little niche. But when, mm-hmm. when you bring in that kind of caliber of people, that's when you're able to start solving and working on core issues. Financially, what we're doing is you take a, uh, a, a project and what we're hoping to do is produce so many units for the economy that supply and demand factors hit. And because there's so many supplies, so many units available that the price of housing drops for everyone nationwide. But it takes about a decade or two to reach. Yeah. And you must have just started that not too long ago because we're having a huge crunch right now in mm. the United States. Yeah. So what other countries are you uh, building in then? So we are only building in the United States, except that we're expanding some manufacturing capa- capability out to Mexico. But we do have international staff members all over the world that work with us. And so are these met- have you like documented these methodologies and then started sharing them with other construction companies or how are you expanding this impact beyond uh, the no heart uh, industry? Yeah, so it's a lot of conversations like this. Um, some of the other podcasts I go on, they actually ask me all the details and I give them all the, the juicy information. Nice. But, uh, but even more than that, I think us as a company, even if no one else learns or applies what we're teaching, Mm-hmm. Even us as a company can scale up to the point of producing enough units to actually make an, a meaningful impact. And the reason that is, is because prices are decided at the margin. And that's why we can have an impact in a shorter gotcha. time than you might think. So what kind of pushback are you getting by the way you guys are doing business? Because obviously this is not how other apartment building c- contractors are, are doing it, right? Yeah, boy. This uh, this industry is known for being kind of rough and tumble. And I've done it this way because my dad did it this way. My great-granddad did it this way. And that's <laughs> how I'm going to do it forever and always going forward. And the reality is like the smartest minds in the world, they don't think to go to construction, right? You're going to tech or healthcare or something fun and exciting and new. If we bring in some of those minds into our sphere, in our world... We can have some kind of meaningful impact. And so what we find is that traditional construction people are not necessarily the best fit in our company. We do try to hire as many of them as we can, but they have to be willing to change and adapt. The bulk of our team has come from finding people with less experience or come from other industries that have that raw mental horsepower and capability to solve problems. Gotcha. So are you finding any... Um, I don't know, hurdles being thrown at you by your competitors? Mm, that's a great question. Um, you know, honestly, not that much at this stage. I mean, one of the biggest hurdles is land. And okay. I see competitors just buying up a whole ton of land and then we can't buy into a particular market because they own all the land. Do you think uh, they do that because they know you're coming? <laughs> 
I, I don't think so yet, but uh, I think for them, they're just trying to have their own pipeline of land available. It's the uh, finite resource uh, exactly. that I think that in America, people, they, they look at this vast, uh, you know, fields of grain and all that other stuff. And it's like, yeah, but <laughs> you got to build where the people are at. Exactly. Still, right. Yep. Um, so what, what's like the, the one thing that if somebody is like not really understanding where they want or could make an impact in their industry, whatever it is, right? Um, how how would you help them approach being able to either find the right type of impact or maybe approach uh, exercising that impact? Mm. Oh boy, there's so much there. You know, I think one of the first things is you need to find something you're passionate about, mm-hmm. right? Just like in my story, unless you are passionate, unless you love what you're doing, you're not going to be very good at it. Mm. Unless you are best in the world, you're not going to have a real impact. And so you're not going to have any shot of being best in the world unless you're doing something you're passionate about. And then um, pour your heart into making that thing work. And the reality is, and I found this many times in my own life, you are terrible at solving that problem initially, right? That's just normal. That's all us humans. I was terrible. I failed at construction many times over before we started having success. Like know that failure is part of that process. Be willing to fail and learn and grow and get feedback. Fail, fail, fail until you can eventually succeed. Um, So there's a couple of points. What are you passionate about? What do you love to do? It's time to identify that passion and pour your heart into it. And don't be afraid to fail. We only truly learn when we fail and really only fail when we don't learn from our mistakes. So the more we become masters of our passions, the more impact we can have on our community, our industry, and in our lives. Thank you for listening to today's show. If you receive value from our discussion, please like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss a single episode. Until next time, stay buzzworthy.